Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. This is Ted Brower. Austin's taking a much-needed few days off, and so we're going to cover a lot of good information with you guys today. So I'll be running solo. So you guys, I hope you enjoy the show today. And if you like the stuff I'm going to talk about today, you're going to like the next few days because I'll, I'll be going into more and more detail about a whole bunch of different stuff. But I want to start off. I got a bunch of stuff I got to talk about today that's pretty, pretty yuck, to be honest with you. So we're going to start off with some scripture this morning. I always like to do Bible studies with you guys anyhow, but I want to talk about Romans chapter 8 this morning because I want to give you guys some encouraging words this morning because so many of the shows out there right now are just bringing just negative, 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 negative news, and I'm not going to do that. I never have. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and I'm going to skip around in Romans chapter 8 right now and read you parts of it. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. By the way, that's you and me once we accept Jesus. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. In the same way, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. When we don't know what we're supposed to pray for, the Spirit himself will intercede with us through wordless groans. It goes on to say in verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I love that verse, guys. And it goes on in verse 31, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not despair his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen if it is God who justifies? So then it is the one who condemns. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, and we consider it as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 737 really puts it together. It says, no, comma, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wanted to share that with you guys this morning. I was reading it this morning, and I thought to myself, I'm going to go ahead and share that with you folks because I want to give you some encouragement. Nothing can separate us. Remember, when God is for you, who can be against you? No one in the world can be against you when God is for you. And say, well, that's, that's really a good word this morning, Ted. I want to thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I, I, like, I like bringing that to you guys because, you know, there's so much negative news out there. There's just so much negative news about everything that's going on in the world, all the stuff that we talk about on an ongoing basis on the show. And, and we need to realize that we have hope in Jesus. We really do. And, and Romans verse, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ, Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets and the holy scriptures, goes on to say, first, I want to thank, verse 8, I want to thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. And by the way, I also want to thank all of you. I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning because your faith is being reported all over the world to me via the email, askdrtedb at yahoo.com that we set up. 
And he goes on to say, God, whom I serve in spirit and preaching the gospel of the son is my witness. How constantly I remember you because I'm obligated to both Greeks and non-Greeks, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then it starts to talk about the sinfulness of human beings and, and what's going on. And I haven't really not gone into detail with this before, but I'm going to talk about this this morning. I'm going to talk about this in detail right now because a lot of people out there basically – are denying the power of God right now. They're saying that God doesn't exist anymore, like Nietzsche said, that God was dead, which is stupid. I mean, if God was dead, the whole planet would come apart. It's so silly how they say stuff like that. And he goes on to say in verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and all the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And we're talking now specifically, in my opinion, about the Kabbalist Luciferians who are running around, running Rome, doing all the satanic worship, all the stuff that was going on 2,000 years ago. And he goes on to say, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For all that they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him, but their thinking, but their thinking became futile as their fuelless hearts were darkened. Although they claim to be wise, they're talking now about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these Kabbalist Luciferians, in my opinion, and of course some of the ruling leaders of the elite back then as far as the Jewish population that was supposedly running the show in Rome and running the show in Israel and running the show throughout the world through their Kabbalist Luciferian money magic. Just thought I'd mention that. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being of birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires. It's important you listen to me right now, friends. This, this is something we need to get. God gave them over. In other words, he took his protection and covering away from them. They just took off and did their sexual immaturity for degrading their own bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped the served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God allowed them, gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged unnatural to exchange natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. We're talking about lesbians now. In the same way that men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another, men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what they not ought to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things but also approve of those who practice them. That brings me to Paul Pelosi. There you go. You're wondering why I'm bringing all this in. Now we're finding out that apparently he's a closet queen. Uh, oh, for you guys who are younger, don't know what that means. Uh, we used to call gay guys queens back in the old days, and he's a closet queen. Apparently, doesn't want anybody to know that he basically is a homosexual, and he basically now likes to go to bars and strip clubs and gay brothels in San Francisco, according to stuff that I've read this morning, according to his respective authors that I've been reading about. And he likes to pick up guys that are basically homosexuals and bring them back to his place 
of where he lives, of his place of debauchery, I almost said. So now I've said it. And so this guy's the perverted, supposed pseudo-husband of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, this is a crime of mafiosa family. Apparently, they're deeply involved in all kinds of weird things and probably the occult also. They're probably also Kabbalist Luciferi, is my opinion. And so he decides to pick up a guy at a bar, according to what I've read, and then basically bring him to the house. And apparently, they're both running around in their underwear carrying hammers. Now, I don't even want to know where that's going to go. Who in the world? Don't even want to talk about that. That's some sick. I have no idea. Sick. All right. Well, he starts getting whacked in the head by this guy. He calls 911, says his friend is there. And uh, you can read, listen to the 911 you know, tape yourself. And uh, now he was in the hospital, supposedly. And now they're saying that it was a fascist Nazi who was in the house with him. Total lie. He was a, probably another another weirdo Satan boy. And uh, they're in there doing all kinds of weird stuff with hammers. Don't want to know. And he, gets, he, ends, he ends up getting hurt and ends up basically having to call 911. And the whole thing was a lie. It was all basically something that you know he was involved in from his gay queenship or what do you want to call it. And, and yeah, I, I got to make a joke for one second. Okay, this, this is going to be a joke. It's a, it's a little off color, but I'm going to make it anyhow. I guess after all of the years being married to Nancy, <laughs> you know where this is going. He just decided to go a different way rather than to be with her. And I feel absolutely awful for him that he was married to Nancy. But uh, obviously he's been a long-term closet queen. And uh, it's just, I guess he made that choice. I guess if I had to look at Nancy... No, I still wouldn't go that way. I would just get rid of Nancy. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. But I, this is some weird stuff these people are involved in. And when you stop and you look at it, you start to understand why these people are so depraved. That's why I read this chapter for you in Romans today, because I want you to understand what they've done. They've given away the things of God for the depraved. A couple of weeks ago, I told you the primary thing they want in their, their, in their, in their, in their war against God, a version of everything – is they want the children. They've always wanted the children because the children represent a really pure form of energy when they're sacrificed. You know, the ancient writers used to talk about this, you know, in the olden days, in the middle evil days, in the ancient days, where how they see these sorcerers, see these children as a bundle of energy, of luminous light that can be consumed, especially the infants. And that's why they were sacrificing them to Baal and to Moloch and to Asherah because they wanted to derive the energy from these kids, and I've done entire shows on that, so I'm not going to go there today. But the reality is this. You know, these people are depraved, and they're following the Kabbalist teachings of the Zohar. Now, many of the other show hosts are talking about this, and I listened to one show host this morning, and he has a big platform, and he's been in multiple lawsuits, and I'm not going to go into detail about him at all or his name, but he was saying it's the ADL doing this. And I and I just I just shook my head. I said ADL, and then he said the ADL, the anti, you know, defamation league, is basically a fascist Nazi organization. Guys, listen to me. That's pure and complete disinformation. That is not true. It was started by the groups who were the Zionists over a hundred years ago as the anti-Jewish defamation league. It is still controlled at the highest levels by the. Jewish folks, who I feel are also Kabbalist Luciferians, who are running the entire show with the ADL. And this guy's coming out now saying they're Nazis? <laughs> I don't know. Gosh. I listened to that this morning. I thought, why am I listening to this clown? And uh, I just, I'm not going to listen to this guy. I haven't listened to him in probably years. And, and I thought to myself, he hasn't changed. It's still the same old Zionist rhetoric that this guy has been putting out for many, many, for decades now. And the sad part about this is, is that it's not going to change. It's just, and what they do, and I've told you guys this before, it's important that we see it, is they give you 80% truth. They really do. 
They give you 80% truth, but then they spin the other 20 or 10% into complete nonsense like this. The ADL is a, a Nazi organization. No, it's not. It's a Jewish organization. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It was the Anti-Jewish Defamation League. And then we have Kanye West. He goes in and basically gets himself eviscerated. And now supposedly Musk has opened it back up to Twitter for him. We'll see how long that's going to last. Hopefully it does. And Kanye Musk now lists all of the top people in all these multiple corporations as being Jewish. And he has a whole spreadsheet on them. And, of course, that makes all the alt news, but nobody on the mainstream news says, you know, says much about it except for he's spouting more conspiracy theory. You know, I did that a few years ago. And I had I had mixed response from you guys. A lot of Zionists were still, I guess, listening to the show back then, <laughs> and, uh, and I got some blowback from it. So did Austin as far as the emails because I took like the top twenty corporations and I listed their CEOs, I listed their presidents, I listed their comptrollers, I listed their CFOs. I started listing their marketing representatives, and the vast majority of the majority of these people that were running the show, these different organizations, were Akhenaten Jews. Now there were some Christians and there were some other people in there. But the majority was Akhenaten Jews. I, then I listed it all for you guys, and I got a lot of blowback from that. And so I'm not going to go into deal, detail. You guys who do that, you do that. You research yourself, or you just pull up Kanye's list. But the reality is this: the Luciferian edict is on this planet and has been here for a long, long time. I just read you what they've done. They've rejected the things of God, and they basically decided they were going to worship the created versus the Creator. And they're going to go ahead and continue to push this narrative throughout all of creation for as long as they possibly can. Because they don't believe in God as far as our God, the God of creation, which I talked about this in left last week, which is so unbelievably stupid. I mean, the Bible says, and I mentioned this last week, I'll say it again, that through Christ, all things are held together. And if you pull Christ out of the narrative and you try to destroy the actual image of Jesus or the, the person of Jesus or the, the God of Jesus for being a part of the triune Godhead, the entire universe would just kind of apart, come apart by the seams. It would all be just kind of floating around, I guess, as dust particles in space, I guess. I, I don't know. What, what happened, what happened, where would it all go? But the problem is these guys don't see it that way. And so they come into this war that they're in completely unprepared for this. And let me tell you why, just real quick. Kanye straight started calling this stuff out a few weeks ago, right? You know, Paul Pelosi gets busted with a gay hooker you know, communist hippie, you know, in his house who decides to put a hammer to his head, okay? Lucifer is not omnipresent. I tell you guys that all the time. He didn't see it coming. This is why he can't win this war. This is why we're more than conquerors. We've already won this battle. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it was finished. He didn't mean it's going to be finished. He meant the war was done. It's over with. Now, we've still got these little minor skirmishes going around, and these guys are trying to reinstate their old world order. But as long as you keep your hearts and minds in Jesus, who's the author, who's the finisher, who's the perfecter of our faith, all of this stuff is just kind of like rhetoric. you know. And sure enough, they are now pushing this diesel fuel narrative that we're going to be out of diesel fuel in a few weeks. And, and sure enough, I'm going to go ahead and fill my diesel trucks up that I've got, and I'm going to go ahead and do the best I can to make sure I've got you know fuel in my vehicles. But if there's a shortage of diesel fuel – it has nothing to do with supply chain. It has to do with speculators in Wall Street and them shorting the markets and hoarding fuel to push the prices up to get more and more money. Diesel fuel is a much lesser refined product than gasoline is. If, if we were short of gasoline, you know, we would then be short of diesel fuel. If, if we were short of – you see, remember too, jet fuel, aircraft fuel is a type of kerosene, which is a type of diesel. If we run out of diesel fuel – we're going to also run out of fuel for airplanes. 
And they're not saying that, are they? They're not saying that the jets are going to be grounded in a few weeks. They're saying the transportation is going to be grounded with, with semi-trucks and with ships, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all fear porn, guys. If, if there is a shortage, which they could contrive it to be that, it's only because they're trying to continue to shut down the economic world engine. And that's why it's so important you keep some storable food. You know, Health Masters, we've got the organic food buckets. Austin does a much better job talking about all that stuff than I can and do. But we got the organic food buckets. We've got the supplements. And then sure enough, our suppliers have gone up a bunch. And we've tried to hold the prices back for everybody. But the reality is this. You know, if we know something's coming on the horizon and these guys are trying to do it, you know, just stand firm. Stay prepared and stand firm in who you are in Jesus because this is the day the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad at it, regardless of whether or not we run out of diesel fuel or run out of gasoline. I mean, it, it, we got to stay prepped for what God has in store for us all the days of our life. And you say, well, could the God stop all of this? Well, he could, but for some reason, apparently in the trial of Adam, that's how I've read it and looked at it, something happened, and, and Lucifer was given dominion over the planet. But he can't take us – We can't. he can't destroy us because we have Jesus, and that's the thing we've got to understand. Now, are we going to go through the tribulation? Are we going to go through what the Bible calls in the book of Revelation? Are we going to have all these things happen to us? You know, people say there's a pre, pre-rapture and a mid-rapture and a post-rapture. And, you know, and the whole thing about that is it wasn't even promoted or preached until the mid-1800s. You know, with, with Darby and then Schofield picked it up 50 years later. I've covered that in length before with you guys. But the truth is also that it doesn't matter what happens because we have victory in Jesus. Just do your best to stay firm in the Word. That's why I told you on last week's show on Friday's show, and you need to listen to it. I did some pretty good preaching on that show on Friday. Thanks to the whole thanks to the Holy Spirit. And I told you guys, stand firm. When you're out in public, you pray, you pray when you have dinner, when you have lunch. You pray. You bow your head and you pray. You pray out loud. So you know, not to you're going to yell it through the restaurant, but you pray so the people around you can hear you, and they're going to basically say, "Wow, these people are Christians." You know, they don't care what people think. We don't do it. Doesn't it say that when you would not acknowledge Jesus before men, he'll also acknowledge you before the Father? Pretty sure the Bible says that. In fact, I know it does. Just stand firm and talk to people about Christ. Men, I talked to you last week, be bold in the truth that you know of who Jesus is. I've got so many of you have wrote, written me letters and you say, gosh, we're being much more bold now than we've ever been before when we talk to people at our work or we talk to people out in the gym or we talk to people when we meet in, you know, our friends and every, everybody else. Guys, listen to me. You've got really good news. You've got really good news of who Jesus Christ is, that he's the savior of the world, that he stands in the gap between you and the Father as an intermediary, as a transformer, and changes you to become like him. So when the Father looks at you, he no longer sees you. He sees Jesus. You got – you. You have the ability to change people's lives with what you know about who Christ is, the power of the blood. You have the ability to make people realize who a Christian is, what a Christian is, what a Christian can do, what a Christian is supposed to do, and how we're supposed to be all things for all men so that someone will be saved. You've got the secret. You've got a 911 emergency going on right now. Your friends are in hotel rooms, and the building's on fire. <laughs> pretty much this country's on fire right now, as much as I don't like saying that, but it is. It's got a mess because the communists have just come in and just taken over. So the country's on fire. The hotel's on fire. you got a bunch of your friends that are basically asleep in their rooms, and they've succumbed to smoke inhalation, and you're awake, and you've got a mask on, which is 
the Holy Spirit and God Almighty and Jesus empowering you, and you have the ability to go kick their doors in and drag them out to safety. You need to do that. The time is getting really tight right now, guys, and you really need to drag your friends and your family out to safety. You say, well, they'll think I'm a Jesus freak. Uh, Yeah, that's all right. Is is there something wrong with that? I'm asking you a question. This is not rhetorical. I'm not asking you that. that, uh, This is not rhetorical. Is there something wrong with being completely and totally committed to Christ? I remember there's a girl named Cindy. I've told you this story before. She was a graduate student in the psychology department at FSU. And she was married, and she, she kind of, well, I wasn't saved. But she kind of, I guess she kind of liked me, but I wasn't going to go there because she was married and had no interest ever in doing that, even before I got saved. And I remember she was always talking to me, kind of flirting with me. And then finally, one day she walks up to me after I'd become a Christian. And she walked up to me. It was so funny. She looked at me and she goes, say it ain't so. And I said, say what ain't so? She goes, I've heard that you become a Christian, that you're now a Jesus freak. And I looked at her, I started laughing. I said, say it is so. (laughs) I am. And she looked at me so funny. She couldn't understand that because I was so bold in my faith. Now, remember, I've been in that psychology program along with the biology program and the chemistry program and the exercise physiology program at Florida State. And I was really enjoying my time in school. You know, dad was helping me get through school. I really loved it. And I had a blast. But I realized after a couple of years at FSU – that there was a gap in my life, there was something wrong in my life, that there was a void on the inside that only God could fill. And I started going to church with a girl that I was going out with one of the graduate psychology classes that I was taking, and I committed my life and was born again and was baptized and committed my entire life and being to Jesus. And I've never backslid since then. Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. My gosh, I used a bad word on the show last week. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not painting some halo over my head. I'm not that guy. But what I am is a committed Christian, and I love Jesus, and I'm bold about it, and you guys know that. And that's the thing we all have to be. We have victory in Christ. We have victory in the cross. We have victory in the blood. Oh, my gosh, I've told you guys how the blood works, how it creates scalar energy, and it changes you. And that's the thing we've got to realize is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Not some things, not most things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And, and now that, that's going to start on some, let's start on some new stories now because I've got a bunch of other stuff that I want to cover. I've already gone 20 minutes into the sermon this morning, but I just wanted to tie it all together with you guys. But remember, these people that are out there that are doing all this stuff, they're saying all this stuff as far as the fear porn, like fuel company issues a diesel shortage warning, saying the U.S. is rapidly devolving. Major fuel supply companies issued an alert about diesel fuel shortages in several south, southeastern U.S. states. That'd be Florida. These states include and expect to experience shortage of Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. Mansfield Energy said in this alert last week, the company also noted extremely high prices in the Northeast. And it goes on to say, poor pipeline shipping economics and hysterically, historically low diesel inventories are combining to cause shortages in various markets throughout the Southeast, the company said. These have been occurring sporadically with areas like Tennessee seeing particularly acute shortages. It noted that the fuel prices are 30 to 80 cents higher than the posted market average due to tight supply, which is not true, while saying that the fuel suppliers have to pull from higher cost options, which is probably true because of the speculators, at a time when the low high spreads are much wider than normal. Fuel carriers are now having to go to multiple terminals to find supply, which delays deliveries and strains local trucking companies. Remember, you know, when we had this COVID stuff and the lockdowns a few years ago, lest we all forget – and suddenly there was a run on toilet paper because somebody said suddenly there's a shortage of toilet paper. 
And so you go to you go to Sam's Wholesale Club or wherever you buy your toilet paper, and you go, oh my gosh, they're stockpiling. This person bought twenty five cases of toilet paper, and then Sam's had to come in, and all these other manufacturers had to come in, and distributors had to come in and say, we're limiting supply of toilet paper to one one by one box. This is what they're doing with the diesel right now. There was never a shortage of toilet paper. Okay, when you start screaming shortage, 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 shortage. People start hoarding and stockpiling. Just like I told you, I'm going to go ahead and fill my tanks up. You know, now, does that mean that I'm going to basically come and, you know, you hoard the, the diesel and I'm quarter of a tank down, I'm going to fill back up? No, I'm not going to do that either. But I will fill them up because I don't know what these clowns are planning on doing. The speculators, when fuel oil is taken to the market, it usually goes through like 60 different speculators who have longs and shorts on the fuel. They may only make a few cents per barrel or a few dollars per barrel, but it doesn't matter. It happens 60 times. And it's the same thing that's happening with diesel. That's when I really started to realize back when George W. was doing all this weird junk. Uh, either with the terrorists or you're with us. I mean, that, that, that one, that, that the dumb one. And I remember I, I thought myself, you know, the fuel was going through the roof when he was president. And I started thinking, why doesn't he just stop the speculators? And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't even address the speculators, wouldn't go into detail about it, didn't even attempt to pass an executive order to stop the speculation on petroleum products because it's such a huge market. And he just let it do what it was going to do. And the problem is sometimes you got to be really careful like that when you're the president of the United States or if you're in power or if you have the ability to do something to change it. You just need to say to tell these guys to cool their jets or you're going to do an executive order that the speculation of fuel oil prices is, is going to be regulated. And that will stop this. But the problem is they don't want to stop it because the Kabbalist Luciferians who own Mobile and Shell and you know and Chevron and the BlackRock State Street and Vanguard and the Bloodline families, they're controlling the speculation too. And they're controlling the news cycle, and they're the ones that are putting this stuff out. That's why you got to be really careful. If you're listening to a show, and they tell you that China's doing all of this stuff, it's all China, China, China. That's lies. It's not China. China was taken over by the Rothschild banking cartel with the Chinese Revolution when they put their central bank in. It was the same Kabbalist Luciferians that took over Russia. They control China to this day with their central banks there. It's still the same people. It's always the same people. China's doing this and China's taking over Hollywood. No, they're not. China never took over Hollywood. It's another lie. The same groups of people that are saying to you that the ADL is a Nazi organization, they basically just laugh. It, that one makes me laugh. I just started laughing when I heard that this morning. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Why am I listening to this clown? That the ADL is a Nazi fascist organization. And I'm like, dude, you not, and, and I know the guy knows history because I've, I've heard him talk about it, but he's just being told what to say. And again, for some reason, you know, these people feel as though that uh, – and, and I think it happens – and I, I'm going to say this. I think a lot of people get on alt media, and I think they really mean well. I do. But then because of advertisers or because of pressure from a political standpoint or from a lawsuit standpoint or whatever or from the people saying I'm no longer going to advertise with you, I'm going to go ahead and now I'm going to give the narrative out that you tell me to give out. They start inserting – this is all Operation Mockingbird, guys. This is all – this is all COINTELPRO. This is all CIA stuff. And that's, again, that's, remember, the CIA is another satanic organization. You used to have witches on payroll. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up when you start doing the research into it. And, and then you start realizing that Jack Parsons, who, you know, who started NASA, was an occultist. You know, and they were buddies, buddy buddies with the CIA. And it's, just, it's just on. It never ends. The nausea of all of this stuff just continues the more you dig into it until you finally reach the conclusion that I've told you that it's always the same people, and these same people are the ones that are doing all of this stuff all of the time to everybody. And it's the ancient Canaanite religions that are doing this. And, I, and I've talked about this in depth so many times I'm not going to cover it today. 
but, but we need to realize that you know if if you look at this Davos reset, you look at this. It is important to understand there's not a single new or original idea in Klaus Schwab's so-called Great Reset Agenda for the world. He's just a spokesperson. He's another weirdo pervert who likes to run around in, in, in stockings and wedding dresses on the beach covering his genitalia with a cup. It's not joking. I've seen the photographs. This guy's a weirdo. And nor is his Fourth Industrial Revolution agenda or his claim to having invented the notion of stakeholder capitalism you know, as a product of Schwab. Klaus Schwab is little more than a slick PR agent for the global technocratic agenda. This is the Kabbalist Luciferians, a corporate unity of corporate power with government, including the United Nations, that was started by the Rothschild banking cartel, an agenda whose origins go all the way back to the beginning of 1970s and further back, all the way back to the League of Nations in 1920. And this is the thing that people don't want to talk about. It goes all the way back. The Davos Great Reset is merely an updated blueprint for a global dystopian dictatorship under the United Nations controlled by the Rothschild banking cartels and the Rockefellers. Now, I'm going to say something about this. This is a really good article. I'm going to post it on. It's by a guy named Engel, but I'm going to put it on the website. Let you guys read it. But what they always do, I don't. Years ago, I had a person that I knew who, at that time, was a friend of mine, and I no longer associate with this person because he turned into a weirdo. But he had written a book, and the and the book ended up basically. Um, how should I say this? It ended up being really, really good about to page, I don't know, 180 or whatever it was, and it was tying the entire Rothschild-Rockefeller crime cartel together into a nice, neat little package. And, and finally it said that by the you know, 1920s, 1930s, that the Rockefeller-Rothschild regime was so intertwined that you couldn't tell who owned what in the organizations because of you know, circular ownership. And then suddenly, right in the middle of that book, he stops talking about the Rothschilds altogether, and everything is Rockefeller, 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 Rockefeller. And he never, ever talked about Zionism or the formation of Israel or what happened as far as from a satanic standpoint for the New World Order and what the Third Temple is going to be. Nothing was mentioned in the book. And then he wanted me to promote the book on the talk show, on this show. I told him no. I said, I'm going to pass. I said, that's a hard pass, bud. And he got all mad at me because I didn't want to do that. And I said, I'm not going to do it. I said, you know as well as I do, you compromised this book as far as halfway through it. And he did. And I said to him, I said, I know you use a ghost author. I know that too. I know the guy who wrote the book. And I said, the problem is, is that you instructed him what to do because this guy knows what's going on. And he could have written a really good book here because you had a really good book for 100 pages. Then it got lost. It got lost in translation, I guess you could say it that way. And so I wouldn't promote the book. And then the relationship became toxic, and that was the end of the relationship. But the point is this. It never, ever ends. These people are being controlled. It's not the Rockefeller complex doing this. It is the Rothschild Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan complex controlling the Rockefeller industries that control the medical industrial complex. And we need to understand that. In the beginning of the 1970s, it was arguably one there was no one person more influential in the world of politics than the late David Rockefeller. Okay? They are remember he's the chairman of Chase Manhattan Bank, which is another bank of the Federal Reserve Bank. So they're all intertwined. But he was the spokesperson again, like Klaus Schwab is now. At the end of the 60s and into the early 70s, the international circles directly tied that Rockefeller Rothschild launched a dazzling array of elite organizations. They're not elite scum organizations and scum think tanks. They included the Club of Rome, a nature trust tied to the World Wildlife Fund, the Stockholm United Nations Earth Day Conference, and the MIT-authored study, Limits to Growth, and David Rockefeller's Trilateral Commission. All of this stuff happened 50, 60 years ago because they were doing the same thing right now that Klaus Schwab started. 
They're trying to do everything they can to destroy the population of the planet, reduce us down to 500 million people. But these people, this Kabbalist Luciferian sect, the synagogue of Satan sect, they use cutouts. This is what they've always done because I mentioned before on the show, if it was Rothschild 5 and 10, Rothschild Walmart, Rothschild Texaco, Rothschild Standard Oil, Rothschild everything, you'd say, you know what? How about we just don't do business with this company? They don't do it that way. They're smarter than that. They give themselves you know, hundreds if not thousands of sub-organizations that they buy with their fiat currency, and so the entire web becomes involved with this one group that then allows this entire group to be controlled via the international banking cartels. Remember when Linda Forster Rothschild got all mad? I mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again about Georgia and election laws and all the stuff that she was trying to control. And she called together the top, like, what, 500 CFOs and CEOs and all these people from these major Fortune 500 corporations and had them on a conference call. Another, this is not a, this is not a rhetorical question. Let me ask you this. Who has that kind of power? Who has the power to come in and tell the top CEOs and CFOs and the top people that run the Fortune 500 corporations, hey, I want you on a conference call at 10, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time you know, on this date. Be there. Be square. Be there. Be fired. Be there or you're going to get replaced. Be there or you're going to have a problem with all of us, and be there. We're not going to support you anymore. Be there or you're not going to get your $50 or $50 million a year bonuses anymore. Be there. And they all show up, and they have this meeting. And they, just start, they want to start boycotting Georgia. This is the same group that has that kind of power is the same group that I told you shut down the economic world engine, shut down the United States as far as productivity. When they allowed – they told Donald Trump, one of their agents, I may add, to go ahead and carpet bomb the United States and shut all the businesses down and lock everybody down and initiate Operation Warp Speed, which he still takes tremendous credit for since he's the one who brought us Operation Warp Speed in the, in the COVID shot. Yeah, that's right. The same Donald Trump that was bought out by Wilbur Ross in 1989 and out of bankruptcy through when he was working for Rothschild Inc. Can't make it up. Do, do your own research on that. I mean, not no joke. It was called Rothschild Inc. And it was Wilbur Ross, and they bought Trump out of this this mess that he had gotten, this malaise he had gotten himself into with all this debt that he had acquired. And he's still on their short chain. The same Donald Trump who told Billy Bush, "You need to grab them by their." Mm-hmm. The same Donald Trump who's been accused by so many women of mm-hmm. – the same Donald Trump who basically said that, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop. You already know how I feel about all this. I'm, I'm, it's just, it's just, but yet we're supposed to be telling people now that he's the guy, he's the man. And, and now Drudge Today came out with a, with a book, and it was, it was in the, one of the leading stories of Drudge, and it says, is Donald Trump Jesus? Is he the Messiah? I, I, I can't even – I can't even – I don't even know what to say about this. And again, what it does – it gives these people who are basically the QAnons, and I'm sorry, guys, in QAnon, you, you guys have been hoodwinked. Uh, yeah, I know you're going to – I know. Save the letters. I'll delete you and block you. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If you still think that Donald Trump is running the country through Mar-a-Lago, uh, you, got some, you, need, you need to get some counseling. <laughs> you need to talk to some you – need, you need some help, all right? He's being used as a spokesperson for this group still. That's what he's being used for to create the energy. Of the how should I say the negative and the positive because they control both sides from the middle according to I told you Samuel Untermeyer was all involved with all of that stuff and Otto Kahn I read you his exact quotes a few weeks ago of what he said it's it's the same group that does it all and now they're trying to basically disassemble the United States and having a very difficult time doing it if they didn't control so much of the industry of the U.S. they'd have it it'd be, a lot, it'd, be it'd be impossible for them 
because at one time the United States was independent. They started this mess long ago, and they really pushed it back in the 90s when Clinton deregulated the radio and TV industry and allowed these Rothschild organizations to come in and buy up all of the radio stations and all of the TV stations in the market so they could completely and totally censor the news and not give you true information. And then here comes the Internet. And the Internet came in as their double-edged sword, the new Gutenberg Press, and it basically came in and uh, it freed up the minds of the people that were out there saying something ain't right. Have you ever done that before? Guys, listen to me. Another question for you, not rhetorical again. Did you ever get up in the morning before you woke up as far as listening to this show or other shows that are telling you the truth, and you thought something just ain't right? Something ain't right with all of this stuff. Who's running this show, and why are we dealing with this stuff over and over and over again, and who are these people running this planet? There. There you go. That was the question you had to ask yourself if you wanted to wake up, and it wasn't rhetorical, was it? You had to really start digging in, and all of a sudden you find the Ted and Austin Brewer show, or you find another show that's giving you the truth, that's trying to talk to you about the ancient Canaanite religions running the planet and all of the above, and you start to realize very, very quickly that – it's not right what they're doing to us and that Lucifer's running the planet through these Kabbalist groups, and they're trying to reestablish a third temple to bring out their Antichrist, and they're trying to resurrect their serpent god, and they're trying to avert everything that God did and created because they feel as though if they make everything evil all of the time, then at that point, this serpent god, they call him Einstein, he, he has a name. He's got his own Wikipedia page. Don't act like I'm making this up. Go look it up. Einstein. I think it's E-I-N-S-O-P-H, and, and look it up and see his own Wikipedia page, all part of the Zohar, the Kabbalah, in this ancient Canaanite religion mess. They want to resurrect him and, and, and make the earth unbelievably evil all of the time and then bring him out on the temple steps of the third temple and declare him to be God? They want to make themselves little gods of creation? They already feel they are. If you listen to some of their crazy teachings they come up with, they really believe that they created human beings and that we're just animals created by them, that we're the goyim and we're the animals and we're the we're – the, you know, we're, we're basically our cattle to be harvested. And they come up with a book now saying that Donald Trump is the new Jesus, the new Christ, the new Messiah, and apparently it's self-published, but it made the cover of Drudge. Why? Because Drudge, again, is being used because he's been bought out too, is being used to control the narrative. And so then you get enough other people out there who want to read this book and say, see, Donald Trump is the Messiah. He's the second coming of Jesus. Let me explain something to you. There's a God. Number one, you ain't him, and neither is Donald Trump. All right, That's a quick little short cliff notes on that version. Really important. But this is an interesting, uh, how should I say, um, <laughs> summary of this. It's an, it's an article by Labash, and I've printed it. I've posted it so you can read it. And he goes basically uh, – he goes, we have one word for all of this where I come from, and he uses a bad word. He says, even if I wasn't allowed to say that because of the Southern Baptist that I was raised, and too many of my fellow evangelicals and whose Christian nationalist fervor seems a lot to lean a lot heavier on the nationalism than Christianity, seem to have forgotten those red letters, Jesus' words in the New Testament, the ones memorized as children, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. He says, call me old-fashioned, but these words – beat the heck out of Heligard's new and improved son of man's words. One Trump uttered in front of me while I was following him around the Tony Robbins conference. By the way, I do not promote Tony Robbins at all. I know the man. Not, I don't promote him. When someone – a quote from Trump. When someone screws you, screw him back and but a lot harder, end quote, along with other helpful commandments like always have a prenup. <laughs> I have talked to too many Christians who insisted not that Trump was God, but he was God's field rep. 
the right man in the right place at the right time. And I don't pretend to know the mind of God, if, but, 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 you know, but, but he's never, God's never explained to me what's going on. But I'd venture to guess that God doesn't need Donald Trump as badly as Trump needs God, even if the fake son of man seems to think he is already is, is God. And if you're the opinion that Donald Trump is the only way God can right wrongs and carry out his will, then maybe your God's not who you think he is. And you might want to look for a new deity. And he goes, no, it's not Ron DeSantis. And I, I like this. It's a little bit. It's a little bit satirical. It is. It's a little bit, a little bit on that. A little bit on the sacrilegious side. But the overall point of this is that Donald Trump is not the new Messiah, like so many of the people who think that he that he is. And, and, and here's the thing too. Let's look at this Rockefeller Rothschild medical complex. Let's talk about just a second about a few things about what's really going on. You know, because the medical system now is struggling with how to treat heart disease caused by the COVID vaccines, not by COVID, but by the COVID vaccines. And they're not sure what to do with it. And different journals have come out now. They've talked about it because this whole thing with this myocarditis and pericarditis and all these different diseases that are happening to these people and these young children who are getting these vaccines, they're very, very, very real. Those spike proteins that you're injecting into being injected into people are very, very real. I've had so many of you send me letters now in the last couple of months uh, to my to my personal email, and, and you guys have told me I've got this friend or this brother, or this cousin, this mother, this father, this this person they know that has basically come down with these horrible diseases, including blood clots and heart disease and cancers, all over the place after they were injected. And isn't that what they wanted? Isn't they want? Isn't what they, isn't what this Lucifer says that he wants to do? He comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy everything that God made, destroy God's creation, and these young children, like I mentioned earlier in the show, are the purest thing to God. And the purest energy source they can use to consume because they can't consume the energy from the field that we live in because they're basically anti-God. So they've got to kill children, and they, and they use that to feed on. I mean, oh God, these people – I did a whole show on this. I'm not going to go into more detail on that. The name of the show, you can go back a couple of weeks, and, one of the long, and it says it's one of the best shows we've done. And it talks about what do these entities eat. Listen to that show and understand what I'm talking about right now. It'll, it'll be a green show. And I've played it within the last eight weeks, in the last 10 weeks or 12 weeks, whatever it is now. But listen to that show in depth. I had a, a friend of mine, I just, I just knew a new acquaintance, came in and wanted to start asking me all these questions about what was going on you know, with the Kabbalist, Luciferian sect. And I gave him like four shows to listen to that were all played like within that period of you know, middle, end of August. And, uh, he's, and I asked him, I said, can you please listen to these shows first? I said, I, I really don't want to do the primer with you. I don't want to go back through another show and do another show with you. If you'll listen to these four shows, I'll be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about anything because at that point, I bring, I'm bringing you up to speed. And so he contacts me again. Well, okay, I've, I've listened to a show now. I'm like, okay, if you listen to the four I sent you, well, no, I haven't listened to those. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. It's, it's, a lot of you have done this, and, I, and I, please, I ask you not to do this. I don't want to play Bible trivia with you. I don't want to do that. Don't ask me to do Bible studies with you. And it's not that I don't want to, guys. I don't have time. You know, I'm, my timeline has really been crutched, you know, with the passing of Sharon. It really has. So not that I don't want to have Bible trivia and play a Bible contest and who knows more about the Bible with you. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I really don't mind doing that, but I don't have time. So don't take it as an insult when you ask me questions like that. I, one of our ladies that I, who, come, who contacts me, she's absolutely wonderful. She's super, super nice. And I even sent her a video of the family the other day as far as with, you know, with Sharon and we were traveling in Europe together. And she's wonderful. 
and, and she said, she told me, I, I said, I don't have time to, to go over this stuff with you. She said, well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the stuff that you do cover on the show. Really super nice response. So it's important that when you send me stuff, sometimes you're going to get a thumbs up. Sometimes you're going to go get, you're going to get a thank you. Sometimes if there's not a lot of stuff going on here and I've got a few minutes, I'll write you two or three paragraphs. And I've done that with a bunch of you, but don't, don't fuss at me when I don't get back to you, like within three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three seconds now going on five. Why haven't you answered my email? I'm like, guys, just, just you got to chill. I may have gotten busy that day. So give me some slack. I bet I have answered every one of the emails that I have received, except for the ugly ones. They get deleted and blocked. And, and it, it doesn't matter to me if you want to change your email address. As soon as you change it, and you send me another email or you're disrespectful to me. It's going to get deleted and blocked again. Just thought I'd mention that to you. But the medical system, struggles with how to treat heart disease now caused by the COVID vaccines. One of the most prestigious medical journals dealing with heart disease, the Journal of the American Heart Association, has published two new articles this month dealing with how to detect and treat COVID vaccine-induced heart disease, myocarditis, pericarditis, and myopericarditis. They are. Here's the name of the articles, and I posted both these articles. Vaccine-triggered acute autoimmune myocarditis defining, detecting, and managing an apparently novel condition, all related to the vaccine. The other article, myocarditis after COVID-19 vaccination in pediatrics, a proposed pathway for triage and treatment. Now, let me stop here for a second. A proposed pathway for triage and treatment of a six-month-old infant. Yeah, how are you going to propose that? Um, just thought I'd mention that to you guys. How are you going to propose that? How are you going to have a dialogue with a six-month-old child who can't speak who's screaming at the top of their lungs because their heart is inflamed and they're about to die and they can't tell you what's going on. And then all of a sudden you just watch them pass on and this basically more of this giant human sacrifice they're doing. And suddenly you're like, well, I don't know how that happened. Are you a pediatrician? Are you still going to pretend like you don't know? Are you that stupid? Now that I'm, I'm sorry. And that is not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you, are you that stupid? That you've injected all of these kids all of these years with these 76 vaccines and you watch their lights go out with autism. You watch them come down with learning disabilities. And now you have one in 30 of your patients with autism. Are you that stupid that now you have these patients coming down with myocarditis and basically screaming when they're six months old and nobody knows how to help them? And now the Journal of American Heart Association is releasing triage information. They propose pathway for triage and treatment. And you're going to pretend like you didn't just do that to these kids. Oh, but that's right. It's on the vaccine shot schedule, isn't it? You have no liability. Neither does the manufacturer, which is exactly what I told you. That was the point of all of this stuff when Reagan signed that vaccine act, you know, back in the 80s. To give carte blanche immunity so they can produce as many vaccines and create as much havoc and death as they possibly can and create as many profits because these people who are the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, they are steeped in greed. And Jesus warned you about them, didn't he? He said that their love of money is the root of all evil, and that's all they care about is money and death. God, these people – this is a sex, death, greedy, perverted cult apparently that Paul Pelosi's part of. I mean just, just these weirdos, a bunch of weirdos. You, you start talking about this stuff, and all you want to do is go take a shower you know, with some really good soap and just scrub down. I mean, just, it's disgusting because you, you think these people can't exist, but they do. They really, really do exist. So I'm going to part. I'm going to part. I'm going to go ahead and post these articles from that journal for you because I want you to understand that these people are really, really, really bad, and that you, you need to understand what happens when you inject these young children. And now they're actually coming out with articles about it. But I also want to. I want to also cover something else with you guys. 
and, and this is important, and it's going to get a little bit preachy, but I'm, I've got I've to I've help you with this because I had a good friend that I, I helped yesterday with this. And I'm going to say this, and it's important that you all kind of take this you know, for what you feel is worth to you. Some of you are hanging out with the wrong people. Some of you are in business with the wrong people. Heck, some of you probably married the wrong person. I hate to say that, but it's true. I did that once. You know, that was Sharon before. And, and, and you start to realize that you know, you've been unequally yoked, and you're having to deal with issues that you shouldn't have to deal with and that your life has become problematic. And you always have these little episodes going on that are causing all of this conflict and all of this stress. Life doesn't have to be that way if you follow the word of God and you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I say to you, guys, don't, you know, if the Holy Spirit is speaking through me to you, don't immunize your six-month-old. And you say, well, I'm going to do it anyhow. And suddenly you have a child coming out with pericarditis, hospitalized, and you're stressed out. You're staying up all hours at night. And you're screaming and crying and wailing to God and saying, why won't you help me? Why won't you help me? Why has this happened? Uh, it happened because of disobedience or it happened because of ignorance. That, that, that's the problem, isn't it? We always want to blame God for the stuff that we do. But God was very clear. I mean, if you've got a hole that's 20 feet deep, all of a sudden you have a friend, and he falls into the hole. But he, he's not injured, but he's stuck in the bottom of the hole, and he brought his suitcases with him. He's got six or eight suitcases. They're big old Samsonite suitcases. They're about 70 pounds apiece. And he goes, can you help me get out of the hole? A lot of you got friends like this. They're always coming to you for money. They're always coming to you for help. They're always coming to you for everything because their lives are a wreck. It's like a little disaster, a little tornado runs about them all the time, destroying everything that gets in their pathway. And so you put yourself down a 25-foot extension ladder down into the hole, and they go, I can't climb the ladder. You're going to have to come down and help me because i got six suitcases. Well, uh, and, I, and I look down inside the hole, and I'm going, but the suitcases are like 60 pounds apiece. you got you know, 360 pounds of suitcases. You weigh 200 pounds. It's five, over 500 pounds of person and suitcases. I can't come down and, and help you come out. You know, the, the hole is flooding. I mean, you know, it was, you're, it's sinking or something's going on. We got to move quick here. We got to leave the suitcases behind. And so the guy goes, well, come down and help me. So you, you crawl down the ladder. And also this guy grabs all the suitcases and he wraps his hand around your neck. And now he's sitting there at four or 500 pounds going, okay, climb up the ladder with me. And you're like, I can't climb up the ladder with you. And, you go, and he goes, but you've got to help me. I'm your friend. You know, you've got this ability to do this. And he goes, no, I don't have that ability to do it. You've got to let go of the luggage. And that luggage are your bad friends, the druggies that you hang out with, the alcoholics that you want to stay friend with, the people that want you to go to bars and get drunk with them. Those are the bad people that you don't need to associate with. And you're sitting there going, but you've got to shake this, but you've got to get rid of the bags. Finally, you, the hole's collapsing. You're about to fall into the pit. And finally, you say, I've done, and you have to pull his arm off your neck, and you drop him into the hole, and you scamper up the ladder as he's basically falling into the pit, and you scream to him, I tried to help. I tried to help. I'm so sorry this has happened to you. And they scream back, you didn't help me. You didn't help me. You go, yeah, I did. You wouldn't listen. So many people right now, they're hanging out with people like that. They, they can't they, – and listen to me, guys. You can't afford to be with people like that. Those types of people are bad news. And you can pray for them. You can. But you got to stay away from them to the best of your ability. Okay, I'm going to give you some verses on that from different versions of the Bible. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what has the communion hath light with darkness? Another version. Do not be unequally yoked with believers. Another version. Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith 
For what partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Another one. Do not be unequally yoked. Do not make mismatched alliances with them or come under a different yoke with them and consistent with your faith. For what partnership may have the right living, right standing with God with iniquity and lawlessness? Or how can light have fellowship with darkness? And this goes on. I posted this. There's literally 25 different versions of this that talk about this. And it goes all the way into businesses. It goes into marriages. It goes into everything about people have been been yoked with unbelievers. And on and on and on. Here's another one. Do not join yourselves or become partners with, be mismatched, unevenly yoked with unbelievers. Good and bad don't belong together. For what partnership has righteousness with wickedness and lawlessness? Light and darkness cannot share together. Or what fellowship, partnership can light have with the darkness? This is what's so important that you have to look at today on this on this show that we're doing, you know, is that you can't have harmony with God and be linked to unbelievers. Last one I'll read. There's a bunch of them. Don't link up with unbelievers and try to work with them. What common interest can there be between goodness and evil? How can light and darkness share life together? How could there be a harmony between Christ and the devil? What business can a believer have with an unbeliever? What common ground can idols hold with the temple of God? For we remember are ourselves living temples of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And so it's really important that we understand from a just health standpoint and from a relationship standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint, that there are people out there that you can't associate with. Now, you can love them from a distance and you can pray for them. But have you noticed they're the same people that always fall into the pit and they're always coming back for you over and over and over again? I, I spoke to a lady this morning or it was yesterday. She had a friend who she helped this guy who was basically an alcoholic drug rehab to basically go somewhere and go on a trip and do something. And he stole her car. You know, he stole her car. And then they got the car back and he called her up again and he asked her to take take him somewhere else again. And this time, not only did he steal the car, he beat her. He threw her out of the car. She had the key fob, but it was still running. He stole the car again. And my friend was just all stressed out about this. And I said to her, I said, why are you involved with this? Why are you involved with this? Why are you associating with people that have this type of lifestyle? And see, that's what we have to do, isn't it? The Bible says, come ye out from among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. You can love them, you can pray for them, but don't be involved with them. If I can give you any advice on the show today, sometimes you got to just shake the dust off your feet. Remember when Jesus was going into those different cities with his disciples and he was sending out the good message of the gospel? He said, if they receive it, you, they, you go to them, you tell them the good news. If they don't receive it, what did he tell you to do? He said, shake the dust off your feet and walk away. Guys, you can continue to send them links. You can continue to send, continue to send the Ted Austin Brower show or whatever show you want to send them. But the reality is this. They've got to choose whether or not they're going to accept it or not. They have to choose whether or not they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They have to choose whether or not they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've got to choose. You can't choose for them. Always remember that. Guys, I love you, and I really, really appreciate you. And I want to thank you so much for your support of Health Masters. And, you know, Austin does a much better job as far as talking about the supplements and all the things that we do at the office. But I want you to know something. You know, we're here for you. You can give Steve a call at 1-800-726-1834. He's here to help you as far as he can't diagnose for you. He can't prescribe for you. We can't treat diseases or take you off of prescription drugs or any kind of drugs at all. You know, it's all about just trying to help you to have a better, healthier diet. You know, one of the biggest things that people have as far as their weight gain is insulin resistance. It's also called syndrome X. 
and you can use the cinnamon extract and other things that we have to make your insulin better in your body because that insulin is a storage hormone and people start gaining 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds. They just can't seem to shake. That's because their insulin is staying high. When you bring the insulin levels back down and your body starts utilizing them properly, you start losing weight and feeling better, having a lot more energy because high insulin really increases the risks of heart disease and diabetes and cancer and also gangrene and amputations and blindness. So it's really important to keep the insulin as low as you possibly can. And also with that, eat a real low glycemic diet if you're trying to lose weight. Stay off the fruit. Stay off the sugar. Stay off the high fructose corn syrup. That's really, really important. And take your cinnamon extract. Take the stuff that we have. Call Steve up at the office at the 800-726-1834 number and ask him, what's the best thing I can do to have be on a really good weight loss program to stabilize my blood sugar and stabilize my insulin levels? Because remember, insulin is a storage hormone. When you eat sugar, insulin takes that sugar and converts it to fat and stores it. And the only way you can get that fat released is the, the use of glucagon. And when you do that, it allows you at that point to burn body fat like crazy and basically melt the fat. I know me personally, I eat really, really clean all of the time. I eat chicken and vegetables primarily. And I eat all kinds of different types of vegetables. And sometimes we'll have salmon, we'll have fish, and we'll have grouper and all that. It's a really, really clean diet. I've got tremendous energy because I eat the vegetables, but they're low glycemic. And it keeps the fiber up in my diet, which allows my bowels to work properly. And But it allows the insulin to stay really low in my system, which allows me to stay as lean as possible. I love you guys. I really, really, really appreciate you. And I'm so blessed to be part of your life. I prayed for you again this morning. I said a special prayer for you guys today. And I'm going to continue to pray for you throughout the day. Because, guys, you know, you and me and Austin and your family and your loved ones and your wife and your husband, if you're married or your children, if you're still responsible for them. We're kind of in this together, aren't we? We're all part of the same team here. So I want to thank you again, and I appreciate your support because you guys are absolutely amazing to me, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And you remember something, guys. You hold up that shield of faith, and you stand. And no matter what happens, you stand. Because if we stand together as Christians, we can do all things. But we've got to stand. We have to always stand. God bless you guys. I appreciate you so very, very, very much. And I ask you to continue to pray for me. Austin this week while he's off and pray that he has a great time and he can be refreshed and I and I just appreciate you. God bless you guys and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.